is Halloween going to be a thing this year? Do you guys? What do you guys think? I have no It's clue. not in our neighborhood. I feel yeah, like there's a couple like very sort of um, unhinged women, like a Karens, if you will. They're like super upset about it. So they actually, we have this Facebook group that is like unhinged women. Monitored. Yep, I like it. Yeah, and it's like it, it, it's like the the admins are very stringent. Okay. So a couple of the women, this one woman got kicked off because she was too aggressive. About Is this like the women's version of your fantasy football league where it's just going to be weird women rules on yeah. top of weird women rules? Yeah, like she got super upset that like we couldn't do that that trunk or treat thing where you have candy out of the trunk of your car that kids go up which is in and of itself a shady idea i've never even heard of this and that sounds absolutely frightening Uh, and so i think because at first we're like no trick-or-treating and then this one was like yeah well i'm gonna do trunk or treating and i would just have my car my hatchback open and people could just get the candy out of there and people like no that's the same thing that's worse like you're just by not having it at your front door, but having it at the car in your driveway, it's like still no. And she's like, well, you know what? I'm going to do it anyways. Freedom. You can't. You know, she's like an yeah. anti-masker. Yeah. And so everyone's like, all right, you know what? You can't do this. And then now she's like, I'm being persecuted for my beliefs. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, what I love those is people. happening? I'll show you. I'm going to get an unmarked van and I'll just leave the doors open. And any kids who come inside, I'll close the door. I'll show you. <laughs> we have been shown. <laughs> Here's a question. Can you go as a Karen for Halloween this year? Like, could you go, Joey, as a Karen? You could be like, I don't I'll call the cops. Mm-hmm. Ah! I, I would assume that that's going to be the number one with a bullet Halloween costume. But I don't know if where are you going to go with those? I mean, I'll go wherever I want. You can't stop me. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Show me where in the Constitution that I have to wear a shirt to go to Office Depot. I have a breathing problem. I can't wear Look my at this mask card. because this is I a have card some from the unknown government thing. that says I don't have to wear a mask. Department of Mask. My Chihuahua <laughs> can't wear a mask either. He's a very sensitive Chihuahua. He's my he's my spirit dog. This is just reverse racism. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. God, what a horrible country. <sighs> Fun times, Joey. You slow cook the pork, but I want to hear about this. This is actually interesting. Okay. What 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 I do is I get this uh, big. I guess it's a pork shoulder. Sometimes, sometimes it's a pork butt. It, it it varies, but you just need that big, that big hunk of pork. Yeah. And we use the instapot. Yep. And I get uh, three pieces of bacon, saute oh. it on the uh, on the pot. Then what you do is you get that red Himalayan crystal salt, the big coarse salt, and just put as much salt as you can rub on that thing yeah and then i get my paring knife and i i, I stab holes in the, the sides and i get garlic. big cloves of garlic and Love stuff it. them in mm-hmm. and do, do that a bunch it's kind of oddly satisfying to get sure. you're almost putting han solo in the tauntaun kind of um he's a, if, if, if han solo was a was it was a tiny han's, piece of garlic but han's putting luke in the tauntaun oh right excuse me sorry i um i good god joey I, what an amateur what is this I know exactly. Like Han Solo's <laughs> never recreationally spent a night in a tauntaun. He, like, he was ready for it. That he made that look a little room, yeah. yeah. He made that look a little too easy. Like <laughs> this is clearly not the first time you've done this, Han. I think because <laughs> he slices it, I think I always kind of just associate him as is is the one who goes in there, but it isn't. But uh, again, I, I'm I'm a dummy. Does terrible things. But back to this. So then you get that. Mm-hmm. 
And then I, I like to chop it up in like three big pieces. I put it in and when I took it out, you, you have like the big bone and it just literally, you can just pull that bone yeah. out because all of the meat falls off the bone. It is delicious. And now I have just, um, you know, leftovers for days. And then what I like to do real quick, because you're going to like this, Joe, is then I get my 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 griddler out, my Cuisinart griddler, and I will make Cubano sandwiches. So then I'll use the the shredded pork butt yeah. with some really good sliced ham, yeah. and and then you get the uh, provolone cheese. Interesting, right? I like it. Or or you can do Swiss. Mm-hmm. I think you do Swiss, and and then you kind of melt that down yeah, yeah. on the griddler, so you kind of get it nice and hot. Use use a um, some um, some pickles. You got to get that the the nice uh, of course kind of sweet sliced pickles with some mustard. And um, then you make little Cubano sandwiches. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm very proud of you. That sounds great. I want one. Thanks, man. That's delicious. Who, who is the best pork butter on the Rams? Is it an offensive line? Wits up there. Daryl Henderson, man. Yeah, all, the Southern, Henderson. all the Southerners, I would, I would give them all a leg up before anybody else. Who's the worst? J- Jalen Ramsey, is, is, he, is he a Florida guy or is he somewhere different? I think he's one of the Carolinas. I want to say. Oh, maybe maybe he is Tennessee. I think you might be right. Jalen Ramsey seems like the kind of guy that would be like kind of dickish about food. Like like he would have been, he would have told you like, yeah, yeah. man, you can't use provolone on a goddamn Cubano. What the hell is wrong with you? Like, hey, man. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, he's just always making a face. Like, what? Come on. Yeah. White man taking Cuban people's culture doesn't surprise me in the goddamn least. Jalen, calm down, man. Exactly. It's a fucking sandwich. Trying to make myself some lunch. He just enjoys it. Well, tell his ass (laughs) to enjoy it the way it's supposed to be enjoyed. I don't make it in the first place. Goddamn, Jalen. Motherfucker. You motherfucker. Uh, he's just calling me in the middle of the night. It's like three o'clock in the morning. It's my phone. Hello? Yeah, this is Jalen. I was thinking about things again. I just wanted to tell you. Fuck you. You don't put bacon on top of pork. That's unnecessary, you gluttonous motherfucker. Like, whoa, Jalen's a dickhead. I'm gonna have to. T- I'm gonna have to give you a mayonnaise lesson. <laughs> you gotta learn how to use your mayonnaise. Let me teach you all about hogs, since you clearly don't know what the hell you' talking about. That bitch knows nothing about aioli. Absolutely a disgrace to hog husbandry since day one. You weak ass motherfucker. <laughs> It's <laughs> great. Like it's just like I want to see a cooking show with Jalen Ramsey where the whole time Pissed he's off. just spitting venom. Just <laughs> every and dives insult, insult edition. <laughs> see, now that's must see TV right there. Yeah, must insult. Man, that's yeah, a delicious a cool pork story, sandwich man. for a dumb motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say he knows more than nothing, but I wouldn't exactly call him an expert. <laughs> Now that would be a Jalen quote exactly. right there. <laughs> <laughs> Just absolutely slandering people. That's great. That's going to be a great new character. That's fun. Uh, Los Angeles Rams podcast. Hey, Los Angeles Rams podcast. I'm Joe at 3K underscore Robbo. Seattle Rams underscore NFL. What's up, man? What's up, jerks? At LA Rams, Rams, Rams. Joey the jerk. I guess he's a jerk. I, he could be more jerkish if he ever tried. You know what, Jalen? Get off my back. I'm a nice guy. Need to work on that you back. Jerk. I don't even call it a back as much as something in between your neck and your ass. <laughs> you dumb fuck. <laughs> Jalen is going to kill him. <laughs> New Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> so fun. It's just going to come out randomly. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. 
<laughs> oh man, Los Angeles Rams two and one after a disappointing game against the Buffalo Bills. Now head into Week Four, weakest part of the schedule. Um, we got New York back in LA, uh, and then heading over to the East Coast yet again. Washington D.C. The Washington Football Teams Week Five. Then we got uh, San Francisco on the road. That's a big one, obviously. Chicago at home at Miami. This is the softest part of the schedule. But along with that comes the expectations that the Rams are going to handle these next two teams with ease. And that's kind of the framing that we've got for week four is a really, really, really bad team that's already struggling. And obviously with Saquon Barkley out injured, the Jets just aren't going to be very good this year. And for a Rams team that's hoping to get to the playoffs, that that sets up a narrative that's going to be unavoidable. And so I, I kind of want to start there before we get into some of the details what, what would be acceptable to you? Or let me put it like this. What is unacceptable to you guys? I know we're going to talk with Nick and do some other stuff on the video show. And he's talking about a very specific thing. I don't want to steal it here. I know the podcast is going to come out afterwards because we're doing it live. But what, what would be unacceptable? How many points can the Giants score? before? Unlike the Bills that we know are this competent, well-developed team, the Giants just aren't that. So if they give up, if the Rams give up 20 points, are you going to be upset? If the Rams have trouble scoring, even if they win the game, it sets up a situation where you can feel worse about this team after a win than you did about the Rams coming out of that Bills loss. What What do you guys think would be kind of unacceptable for you, let's say? I think it's context. If they give up 20 points, but they're up, uh, 40. They're up 40 to 12 in the fourth quarter and they've got scrubs in there or backups, I mean, yeah, it's fine. But they give up 20 points and they win 24 20. That's not yeah. acceptable with this team because the Giants are woeful. They are. They have like 12 and a half yeah. a game. Um, their pass block win rate is like 46%. They're 24th in rushing. They're, they're struggling. Their leading rusher is Dennis yeah. Jones. I, I mean, they had Saquon for two games. He didn't have top 100 he had 15 yards carries for total. six yards in a game. Yeah. They are woeful. So yeah, it's all context. I think if they if they're if that team is in the game in the fourth quarter, then fans have a right to be ticked off. Joey, what do you think? What would be unacceptable from the Rams in Week Four? Well, I think it's probably stemmed to yards rushing for the Giants, mm-hmm. like how much we allow. Yeah. And I really feel like if we're giving them more than 125 yards rushing, that's unacceptable, especially with the talent they have on the roster. I know it's arbitrarily just bringing out these numbers, but I think if they're scoring more than 13 points, that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Unacceptable, I think, really is all about the win and loss. Mm-hmm. I think you can't lose this game <sighs> because if you lose Whoa. this game, then you can forget about expecting to go to the postseason. Mm-hmm. It's just like you don't deserve mm-hmm. it. If you can't beat these guys, then you can't beat anybody. Yeah. So it, uh, we'll talk about the whole idea of a trap game later, but. With regards to just unacceptable, I think a lot of it's going to come down to what our defense can do. And if they can't stop these guys, right. then, um, yeah, well, I, I think it's a little bit of a panic um, pushing uh, thing. Could be. Because w- w- what the Giants do have is a good is a good secondary, and they could maybe give Jared Goff fits. So if the game is close and, if, and it feels oddly competitive – I think people are going to be very freaking out. I don't think that'd be fair. I, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If, if they win, I don't know. It, it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of hot air, but uh, it's, it's definitely, we're playing against the, the weakest team in the league. I think, I think they're the 32nd best team. 
the so who you so you think the Giants let's say are worth is that is that going to be something that New Yorkers can be proud of? Is like uh, the Jets would be like, well, at least we're not the Giants. Hey. <laughs> I mean, they probably are clearly the 31st worst team, the right? And then yeah. they, they fight it out for who's the worst team because, I mean, who really besides those two teams? I mean, I don't think Jacksonville and or the Miami Dolphins are as bad as those two right. teams, right? Maybe I mean, the Broncos. The Broncos yeah, but, I mean, we'll see about the Broncos over the next couple of weeks, but – they're but they're like they're just a walking infirmary. I mean, I, I don't know if yeah. that's a, more about bad football than it is just about tough breaks. I mean, everybody can, can, can look at that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, are you really going to pile on a Make a Wish Foundation oh. team? I mean, come <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Ugh, not good. But yeah, you're right. They're uh, not in a good place, and that that kind of sets up. That's why I wanted to bring that up first. Is just that narrative is going to dominate whatever happens, and like Rob said, the context of it is something we're going to have to investigate after it happens because the setup is one where there's just w- too many opportunities. The, the, the way I put it is, there's everything to lose and not much to gain. You got to win this game. You got to look relatively comfortable doing it, and then get past it. Kind of what we had last year with that Cincinnati Atlanta back to back before the bye. Um, and they did. They handled things well. Remember, the offensive line actually played pretty well in those two games. We got to the bye, and then the rest of the season after the bye kind of fell apart a little bit. But those two games, you had to handle business. That's the setup here. So we're going to see what happens. First setup is obviously going to be the injury report. You had Cam Akers miss the game. Darius Williams went uh, in with an ankle injury and was questionable. But you came out with a couple of those injuries with uh, Jordan Fuller. You got Terrell Lewis um you know, available to come off of injured reserve. We're, we're recording this before we get any of those answers, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we're going to have to see how that develops over the course of the week. Uh, and along with any other injuries that we might've picked up in the game or stuff that happens during practice that we just don't know about, but that's certainly going to be impactful. Is there anything in terms of the injury setup that uh, piques your interest? Is there anybody, obviously Joey kind of talked about how silly it is that Jordan Fuller has maybe become one of the centerpieces of the defense on the last uh, podcast, but anything that you guys are concerned about with the injury report? Overall, they're pretty, if you look around the league, they're pretty extremely. Reggie Scott is is the the team MVP right now because yeah, they got a couple of little guys banged up, but nothing that's debilitating. Like, we just mentioned the Broncos in firm report, or yep. even the 49ers. And the plenty Eagles of teams. Seahawks yeah, I was going to say there's plenty of teams. NFC West has a lot of lot of teams yeah. suffering now. So, but this isn't new for the Rams. It's kind of what we expect out of them. They've been healthy the last couple. Of, last year was a little exception, but over the last four or five years, they, they've been pretty healthy. Sure. What do you think, Joe? Anything on the injury report uh, for your running game for your boy Jared that uh, concerns you? No, I don't think so. I mean, I am interested to see if Terrell Lewis can um get get into the game it doesn't seem like that's really going to happen though i think that's a little bit pie in the sky talk but one thing that really makes me um interested about their offense is a guy like josh reynolds maybe kind of being banged up a little bit and they're like oh he's going to be good to go mm-hmm. that idea that well it's not really that much of a concern because you could have other teams that they can have a guy like josh reynolds being like Oh, well, that's a big deal if he's not playing or if he is playing. But for us, there's so many weapons that I'm a little bit kind of shrugging my shoulders about the availability of Josh Reynolds because I'm like, oh, he can't go? Okay, cool. Well, let's just put in one of our other weapons. There's just so much talent with that position that we're already trying to kind of figure out who's going to get the ball. So if you don't have Josh Reynolds, it's like, okay, cool. We'll just run with Van Jefferson. You got Woods, you got Cooper Cup, you maybe throw the ball to Gerald Everett a little bit more. We also have to feed Tyler Higbee. It's a little bit like we are um, 
we are, are are blessed with so many options. So I'm not sweating that the fact that Gerald that uh, Josh Reynolds is not 100. percent There's a bit of embarrassment of riches, but also you got to give credit to the other guys that are getting those weapons, the production they need, the offensive line, and your boy Jared Goff. He's playing really, really well right now. Some say, uh, Coach McVeigh included, that he had one of his best games. I would agree, absolutely. Buffalo Bills in the loss, and what I really saw about uh, Jared Goff's game is that he is playing a lot better with pressure that when you see yeah. the, the the pocket implode he really makes that decision rather quickly and one of the big knocks of him earlier in his career was that he was just staring his target down sure. so he was telegraphing where he was throwing and i feel like he's checking through his progressions mm-hmm. at a lot at a faster rate and you really saw it in the last couple of games i think every game this season I think you're seeing a, a different Jared Goff, and I don't think people are really acknowledging it or really giving him like the credit. But he's not having perfect games. But I mean, who really kind of is sure, sure. when you really watch every single throw for a guy? I mean, it's interesting because right now we're in a league where you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes is just playing like well in a, robot. in a year where the, the if you look at the quarterback play around the NFL this year, it's been very very good for the most part comparatively. It has been. It has been uh, ex- exactly because you got guys like Russell Wilson, yeah. who's never played better. Yep. Patrick Mahomes Aaron Rodgers is killing it. Aaron Rodgers is playing crazy. Josh Allen yep. is throwing a thousand yep. touchdowns no a game. So you have a guy like Goff, who's only thrown five touchdowns. It's a lot smaller, even though we're looking like okay, cool. Nice you have three touchdowns one game, two the other game, but week one he had zero touchdowns. So that's going to slow down his accumulation of stats, but. It doesn't mean he's not playing well. And I think I'm not worried about the offense, right? I just want the offense to keep doing what it's doing. Sure. sure. More of the same. I think that's the thing with the offensive line and and kind of the game plan the first two games was that it's been incredibly efficient and effective. But, you know, Jared Goff's not throwing the ball deep very often and they're not having to. So you kind of stick until we got to the second half of the Buffalo game. You're sticking with a more conservative game plan. But even in that second half, we continued to run the ball. McVeigh didn't abandon the run. And for good reason. Right. We continue to plow ahead with Daryl Henderson and the offensive line is giving him space and it's working. So I think in terms of golf for the stats, they may not match up with some, some of these other guys, but uh, you know, Jared Goff is playing very, very, very well overall. And I think you saw that you, you saw a, a good team uh, come back from a, a really big deficit that, you know, saw, shot themselves in the foot a little bit, but obviously give some credit to Buffalo. They're a very good team. Uh, and you saw it reflected in the power rankings where the Rams are still mostly in, in the top 10. And I think, uh, people are still excited about that. I think the question is, does that represent maybe a lot of respect for Sean McVay and and the fact that he was able to come up with these great game plans the first two weeks and get, you know maintain a mentality where the team actually bought into the idea that they could come back? Or is it one of these things where we're looking at the players? And like you said, Joey, we're looking at Jared Goff playing well, the offensive line playing well, a lot of talent on defense, and we'll get to the pass rush situation in a second. But what, what do you think it is that's uh, even after a loss, has everybody feeling good about this team? And uh, when you see the power rankings, it's not just Rams fans and Rams media. It seems to be going around. I think that they have a lot of fight in them. And the fact that they came back from Buffalo, even though it didn't work out, I think is very encouraging because it just shows that this team has a pulse. I mean, they they have this um, this ability to just make plays. 
and they aren't this kind of three and out team sure. that just is struggling and struggling to get something going. If anything, their weakness is not not being able to clamp down on defense at times. But th- then also they can execute some good defensive stands stands when they, when they have to. But that's probably the most um, nervous I'm going to get is is when the other offense is rolling and our defense is getting a little gassed. But I think what what, what I think people are excited about the Rams and and what why that they are. Uh, still within the top 10 of the power rankings or at least close to the top 10 is that they have a moving offense that is just it's alive it's clicking it's just marching down the field and it's relentless and a team that scores is just exciting and it's fun to watch and i would much rather have a team like this than like a defensive team that just kind of has to just pound you for you know Whatever the whole game to get like ten. The twenty nineteen you know, like, San Francisco Forty ers right? I always think of like the Chicago Bears as being that yeah. type of team, you know, that just kind of they just never have a big high scoring offense. The Jeff Fisher Rams. Ew, gross! How dare you? Future offense. Speaking about the defense, Robbo, the, the, how worried are you about the pass rush? It we we knew going into the season. We talked about our linebackers inside and at the edge. We got a little bit of a surprise from Micah Kaiser and somewhat from Kenny Young with some of their performances overall. Um, but the edge rush is probably the weakest part of the team in terms of their performance and, and maybe even on paper through three weeks, how much does that concern you? Uh, is it possible to have one of our LA media people ask uh, either Sean McVay or Brennan Staley if they have a, a like an order on the Rams def- defenders to do a three Mississippi count before they rush? <laughs> like when your kid's like, all right, AD, you can go. Everyone else, let's do a three Miss- Mississippi before count we to go. 10. Because it's, it's like they're playing a different game, honestly. Um, I was just talking to uh, to someone on Twitter about just the, the the Leonard Floyd Dante Fowler comparisons, uh, you know, because we only have three games of, of Floyd to go from. But mm-hmm. even so, he's his and he hasn't shown it when he was with Cleo Mack and that and that really good Bears defense. So he wasn't good there. He's a good run defender. Every once in a while, he'll he'll flash and he it's a flash because he actually gets pressure. But for the most part, they're non-existent. Even yeah. when they blitz, they're not effective right now, which right. is kind of a different from what they did last year, where they were they were a pretty good blitzing team. Um, it's something maybe they're working through. I'm not sure if it's a collect. It's it's, it's got to be a combination of talent and and sure. scheme. And if Staley is not not a, a risk guy, right? He's, sure. he's rather play back, keep things in front of you, tackle, and go from there. That's just so I think they're kind of finding their way in that situation um, when they really need to get the heat home. So it's they're going to need people. And not Joe, this is something you love to harp on at least in Slack, and we talk about it uh, if. Samson Ebucom is your starter four years in, who has never done anything with league outside of one game on Monday Night Football. How bad are the other guys who can't beat him out? Yeah. I mean, what what is going on there? And so every year we have the new guy that they've taken in the later middle rounds who's going to be the savior. It's it's Obanaya Okoro. He's going to come in and he's going to look great. He always we're so excited for him because you we've been waiting for someone to show up and now it's it's Terrell Lewis oh Terrell and he's not I guess a mid-round guy a third round maybe so but every guy is the the next guy is the next new guy we're hyped about because the other guys are just awful and all they're doing stacking mediocre to average at best players if you can't beat Samson Mabucon out there's a problem 
the thing is, I think I think we knew that going into the season. I think it was just part of it was the cycle. The cycle was telling people, oh, well, maybe Samson Abukam will get better, and maybe Leonard Floyd will suddenly be somebody he isn't, and Obaniah Okoronkwo will finally break out, and Terrell Lewis is going to make the jump. It just you you sometimes you can get some of that right in in a certain guy that gets better or uh, a unit like the offensive line that's playing above expectations but you're not going to get everybody across a roster that's all going to get better every single year and you know it is what it is we were we, we were prepared for this i think nominally and i think now we're having to go through it and the the only concern i really have is that it's going to cost us a game i don't i can't say that it cost us this bills game but I'm worried, no. especially when you start getting into the second half and we're playing these NFC West games where you, you're playing good teams and these games are going to matter substantially. And I just, you know, we're playing Arizona. We're playing Seattle. We got the Patriots. We got obviously the 49ers, although I don't know that that sets up right for that kind of an issue. But some of those games where if, if you're playing this high level football f- playoff caliber teams, you're going to need to get a little bit of everything. You're going to need to get something from the run. You're going to need to get something in the passing game. You're going to need to get something from the run defense, and you're going to need to get something in the pass defense. And you can't put all of that on Aaron Donald in the secondary when you're playing against Russell Wilson, when you're playing against Kyler Murray, when you're playing against Cam Newton and dealing with all the stuff that those guys can do and the team as a whole can, they're going to, they're just, they're just going to have to find a way to step up and do more. And, um, we'll see. I mean, we're two and one, it's not bad yet, but, uh, they're going to have to take it up a notch. And so that that's one of the things that's going to be interesting is you've got these two games now with New York and Washington. They're struggling on offense. The offensive lines are not impressive. This is going to be a chance for that pass rush to, to maybe find a little bit more production. But overall, the team is going to have to figure out a way to play some high-level football and, and not fall into a pitfall. So here's kind of the question, Robbo. I think this one's geared at you. Trap game. Does this have trap game capability? Or, or maybe you kind of lump the two together. Do these two represent maybe a, a, a trap, a two-game trap, right? With, with San Francisco and Chicago looming and all the tough football that's coming after the bye, does maybe this two-game set offer some trap capabilities? I mean, the, the ingredients are there for your Instapot trap, but I'm going to say no because they lost us last week. The most, the most delicious trap possible. It's, I, if they had won and they were feeling good, yeah. coming back home, maybe. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no yeah, uh, because they did lose, and that's that's very much on their mind now. And Chumman B, I, I think, is focused enough. I don't think his team's fallen into traps. I think they can play poor or whatever, and they showed that earlier uh, in the first half. I just I just don't see a trap on the schedule right now. They just they found a good time to lose to uh, focus on two lesser opponents. One of the best skills, knowing when to lose. Joey, what do you think? Is there any trapism right. here? Yeah, sure. I mean, we always talk about what the definition yeah, of that sure. is. And I mean, it's just basically, are you a good team playing a shitty team? Then is it a trap game? I mean, there's really not much of a question of it. I think it's more of a suck game that if you lose to this team that sucks, then, well, do you suck? <laughs> <laughs> and then if you beat this team that well, sucks, suck. then is anybody going to care? Because, well, the, yeah, they suck. So it, it's a little bit of a scrimmage. I mean, it feels more like a not a practice, but an evaluation of your of your team and w- against really uh, low quality talent. Or I, that's harsh. But uh, oh, how about just a fucked up yeah. roster? How do your guys play? C- can the pass rush excel against the Giants? Because if it can't excel against the Giants, 
then how is it going to against a quality team? So it's maybe for the coaches and the evaluators on the Rams organization. I don't know. What, do, what do we think about Daniel Jones? Last week we played Josh Allen, who's this really fun chaos agent. Daniel Jones is kind of the opposite, right? We talked about lawful, neutral, chaotic. I think Daniel Jones might be lawful evil. Yeah, he's not fun. I don't, I don't enjoy a Daniel Jones. Lawful evil. I was gonna say you can, you can enjoy a, a a Josh Allen, you know, even though you lose to him. But watching that guy go, uh, it, it was like. Uh, Stuffing clowns in a tiny car kind of yeah. thing. There's just all kinds of just craziness yeah. going on there. Who's going to fall out the window? Is the tire going to fall off? Whatever. Daniel Jones is like going out to your car and just you know turning it over and having to start repeatedly day after day. It's like ground all day of just blah. Is there, has he done anything exciting since he's been in New York? It's like one play where you're like, oh, that's the guy. Uh, well, the, the, uh, he's, the thing is – anyway, he's excited. Yeah. I was just going to say, he's as excited as his head coach. Does anyone in America know, without looking it up, who the head coach of the Giants is? So rude. Can you? Can, does any person know who he is? I think his mom doesn't even know. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, he's the. Um, he's, he's talking about how how they're the blue collar working class team, right? right. Is it, it's a uh, Joe Judge. Joe Judge, that's correct. Joe Judge, you got it. Yeah. I mean, he's a special but team I, I coordinator for the Patriots. It just yeah. no one knows who he is yeah. outside of his family, and that's Daniel I, Jones. I, Nobody knows who Daniel Jones is. Well, Daniel Jones might be the most kind of dead-eyed NFL quarterback we have right now. <laughs> have you guys seen that movie or heard of it um, called Brahms? It's like it's like the boy. It's about like a an evil doll, and it goes and kills people, but has like a porcelain face. Yeah. It's kind of like a, um, Annabelle. Yeah. You know, it's like those uh, conjuring yeah, movies. Yeah. You know, but um. But yeah, but it's it's more just this sort of like old school creepy porcelain face doll where it's like I just want to be real, and he goes and he kind of kills yeah. people. I feel like that's Daniel Jones. He's essentially a mannequin that has come to life and is throwing footballs everywhere, and we're supposed to pretend that he's a human. And I'm not buying it, guys. I mannequin. have hired an investigator, and do you think D- Daniel Jones has a zipper at the top of his back, and if you pull it, just stuffing comes out? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like small wonder. He's like, yeah, it, I feel like guys that go to Duke, especially like white athletes, I always feel like they're like the worst. <laughs> Duke's very easy. Hey, yeah. Daniel Jones kind of reminds me of like a safe light repair guy, right? Like he looks like the kind of guy that replaces windshields. I don't even know what that means, but I mean it. Yep. You know that he's sleeping and he wakes up in the middle, middle of the night and just goes, safe light repair, safe light replace. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the, the the Giants don't really do a ton well. They don't have a ton of talent. They don't have Saquon Barkley anymore. Um, so is there is there anything that you're looking from the Giants that uh, – not necessarily in terms that's acceptable. We already talked about that. But the idea of, of when they do something, you go, okay, no, I get it. They can do that. Is there anybody that has that kind of capability that you care about or any aspects of their performances that have you – at least you'd be willing to accept that that, that they're going to have some competence somewhere. Well, r- real quick before we get into that, it, it's a little bit on the uh, the opposite side of that. But one thing that's going to do well for us is turnovers. Mm. And we, we, we talk about a little mannequin boy, but Daniel Jones has been throwing a lot of interceptions. That's one of so that's something that we can capitalize on. And maybe, you know, we can get Jalen Ramsey going, get a couple picks, do a pick six. But – you're talking about things that they actually do that would 
hurt well either way i think that's fair it's 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 both because you know these are the giants and it's what they do so yeah i mean in terms of expectations it's going to be good and the bad and maybe they don't do a ton of good but uh they do do a ton of bad and like you mentioned part of that is the giveaways let's not even say takeaways for the other team but uh is there anything that they do good that you're that you're accepting I think James Bradbury has been playing really well as yeah. a cornerback in their secondary. And then they also have a good uh, linebacker in Blake Martinez. Yeah, he's all right. They got Tate Crowder, too. He was you know, a fun little kid out of college. but Yeah, Blake Martinez is got top peppers. of the first tackles right now, right? He's like second or third. But is that just because someone has to tackle people? And it, is it because if you look at their, their, their stats overall, they're a terrible run defense team. They're like 25th in the league, something like that. The Rams are third in the league in rushing so it it does not set up well for for the aforementioned joe judges team. yeah it does not i think bait actually just tweeted this out the rams offense com- currently ranks number one in the nfl and dvoa yeah they did i mentioned that yesterday they've uh 32nd is the giants defense yeah that's not a good go. combination so if you like watching the rams run the football i think you're gonna see a lot more of it this week jared goff is gonna have plenty of time because he's gonna be watching jared, like, the, the hogs up front push people around all day long. Well, I just got a little provocative question for Ooh, you guys. Like Do you think that there's a scenario this season that could feature Daryl Henderson as being a top five running back? If the answer is no. And the only reason why is Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers are going to be healthy again at some point. And if, if it was just Hendo, then yes, it has nothing to do with him. He's plenty talented and the offensive line's playing well enough, but if if Cam Akers hadn't gotten hurt, would Hendo have any, come anywhere near to the breakout game? It would have been mostly right. Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown. So I don't think it's a bad thing. It's also what you were talking about with Josh Reynolds, right? Is that we got the embarrassment of riches at running back now. And so I, it has nothing to do with Hendo. I'm going to say no, just because you're going to have too much Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers. And that's just not a bad thing. But Hendo in in a vacuum. I, but I've always been biased. You guys know I loved Hendo last year. He's fantastically talented. He wastes zero time in the backfield. He's immediately scooting north-south. And when he's getting these holes, I, I mentioned it on Twitter, he's a rich man's Daryl Richardson, right? Remember how he used to run where he had no jukes? There was no faking. He's going directly through the hole. That's Hendo, except Hendo's quicker and got a little bit more balance and agility. So good enough to be that good in the right offense and this is probably the right offense but i don't know that he's going to be able to get the carries to get there once we get these guys back healthy he's averaging 5.7 yards a carry it's, it's wonderful to keep the chains moving and i think that's the thing about the the new york giants and why they've got so many tackles is they're dealing with a lot of snaps on defense that they have to defend so with that being said what are we looking forward to the game joey what's the what's the main thing you're looking forward to yellow pants motherfucker oh, yeah baby no. So, <laughs> now I, I'm looking for uh, Hendo to have a big, fruitful game yeah. of uh, o- over 150 Love yards it. rushing. Fantastic, Bravo! I'm gonna I'm gonna echo what Joey said. This game is all about soul pants, soul pants, blue tops, yellow bottoms. That's all this game is for Rams fans: blue tops, yellow bottoms. Uniform puck is going to be story. hot and heavy on Sunday. I think here's the first thing I think I'm going to enjoy is I think this is the first team we've seen all season that's going to have to try to triple team Aaron Donald at some point. And I just want to see how the Rams deal with that. Brandon Staley, like you mentioned, is still working through some things. He's only got three games under his belt as a defensive coordinator. And so when you get an offensive line like this, that 
I dare them to go one-on-one with Aaron Donald. I think that'd be fun too, but we all saw what happened against the Bills late in the game when he turned on Hulk mode and he's capable of doing that. So I wouldn't be surprised that the Giants try to triple team him a couple times early on and how the Rams responded to that. We talked about the pass rush. If they can get off, they're going to get some favorable matchups. You're going to get some third and longs early on against this team and give some opportunities. Eager to see how the Rams deal with it. Uh, Final predictions, Robbo. You get the mic first. Uh, The Rams go full cheat code on this one. They're gonna walk. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, thirty. I'm gonna go thirty-seven, just to know you guys twenty. Really? Uh, yeah, big win for the Rams. Uh, forty something to thirteen. I'm with you. I'm. I'll go. I'll go more than forty, less than twenty. I think it. That's the thing is, and what's funny is, I looked at the uh, NFL schedule for this week. There's a ton of games just like this one where you've got some pretty good teams playing some pretty bad teams. You got Cleveland at Dallas, although Dallas has been escape artists ever since we played them. Uh, you got New Orleans at Detroit. Yeah, which one's which one's the bad yeah, team fair enough. in Dallas? Cleveland. Fair enough. Seattle at No, seriously. Oh, I don't know. I'm not answering that because I'm whatever answer I give, I'm going to be wrong. Okay. Seattle at Miami. Uh, you got uh, Baltimore at Washington. Mm-hmm. You got uh, yep. us in the Giants. You've got Buffalo, Las Vegas. You got Philly at San Francisco, and Philly is struggling right now. And Pittsburgh at Tennessee, and then oh, Pittsburgh at Tennessee obviously was the postponed because COVID. And then Monday Night Football, Atlanta at Green Bay, and so you've got five, six games in there where you've got some serious, serious underdogs. I would be willing to bet two of them are going to win, and that's the nature of the NFL. And I can't pick which two. I just don't want it to be ours. almost should have like nominated an inanimate rod and been like here is this stick right, right. vote for stick yeah what does stick do we don't know we don't care but it's not donald trump sure i like stick uh-huh. sticks never insulted me i don't even think sticks racist yeah this sticks this sticks great <laughs>